0: Everyone, welcome to episode two of the Redmond and Riddle podcast. Mm. Here's my friend Jeremy Riddle. Hey, hey, and we're just doing what we've been doing for a little while: hanging out, drinking coffee, sipping water, and talking about worship, theology, and areas we both need to grow in. And <laughs> so we right. thought we'd share some of those with you. So and uh, along the way, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot together. We're going to sharpen each other as worshipers, as worship leaders. We're going to draw each other back to some really healthy places and some healthy practices because this is too important not to, right? This is way too important just to let it slide, just to let it. So if if nothing else, we're hoping this podcast might open up a conversation for people. That's right. And so thank you for joining us again. We're a strange little team, really. I'm a little (laughs) Brit guy, short little Brit, subject of the queen. Keep finding my way over to America. I actually have two of my kids were born in America, Crazy. so they're eligible to become president one day. Uh, that's right. Which, as a Brit, is all part of my long-term <laughs> strategy I call the Empire Strikes Back. And uh, uh, so I don't think I've told you about that, Jeremy, but no, 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 you that's basically my overall plan. When I look beyond this podcast, it's yep. what I'm about. If the worship leading <laughs> thing doesn't
1: work out too well, you at least have a solid yeah. backup plan. Yeah, okay. hopefully. <laughs> Ho- hopefully.
0: Yeah, Jeremy and I are both living in Southern California. Yeah. He's in the Anaheim area, and we we get to do a bit of life together. Yes. Our wives are good friends. That's right. Which is always helpful. It's very helpful. And they're both like the Holy Spirit special agent in our lives, <laughs> telling you what you need to grow in. Oh. My wife, Beth, has been very instrumental, oh. honestly, even in these conversations we'll have today. Wow. I'm sure it's the same for you. It is. They, they, they seem to help keep us on track and tell the truth. My wife's a truth teller. Yes. She'll be like, hey, yes. I think we could grow in this area. Yes. I think, why why are we doing this in worship? Why is this <laughs> thing happening?
1: Is it the same for you? No, very, very much so. Honestly, like when it comes to direction, if there's any major decision, even not major decision these days, it's like... My The Lord is on my wife as far as just wisdom. She carries wisdom and she can see things like particularly when, when you're really close to something or you're caught up in something. You almost need someone who's almost completely out of, of, of that world. You know, yeah. it's like I can be caught up in event land and all of this stuff that I want to do. And she kind of lives in this place of real intimacy with the Lord that I think you know, enables her to like literally. It's it's like a surgeon with a scalpel, of just like, hey, have you, have you considered this? And you are like, oh, <laughs> cut open. Why didn't you say that earlier? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It is a huge uh, blessing. A we're deal. very
0: blessed, and we're we'll them to get to do a bit of life together on this podcast. It's yes. It's this is going to be a a fun ride, I'm sure. Yes. But also, we're going to go to some some <laughs> s- surgical knife places. <laughs> So last time around, if you listened through, and if you haven't yet, what on earth are you listening to this one first for? The Mm. first one was encounter versus entertainment. Mm. And I think we had a really good discussion, and I I, I definitely learned something. Today, we are going for comfort versus confrontation. It's a heavy one. Comfort versus confrontation. We're going to apply that to what it means for worship. The biggest struggle I think I'm going to have on these podcasts is not to overquote Tozer. <laughs> I think I did it at least six or seven times yeah. on the last one. Yeah. And today, like, I've got more Tozer quotes than you could imagine on this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm not going to throw them all there. I'm going to say some of them as if it was me speaking, right? That's good. So I'll just steal Stay it back. from him. Just and you'll think like, wow, that was poetic, Matt. But it actually <laughs> was just me quoting Tozer, but without acknowledging him because I was embarrassed to do it for the 17th time. So good. But, you know, Tosa, he did say, left to ourselves, we tend immediately to reduce God to manageable terms. Hmm. And that is an interesting one when it comes to worship. Hmm. How often are our worship songs reducing God to manageable terms? Wow! How often are they making it seem like, yep, there he is in his box and that's what he's like and that's what he does. And wow. one thing I would love this podcast to do is to blow that all open again. Because the one we're worshipping is completely unfathomable. He's completely off the charts of anything we could comprehend or imagine or fathom. Hmm. And so, of course, you're not going to be able to describe him in song. But I think the only problem becomes when you don't try. Wow. The problem becomes when you don't try and take that scripture that he's given us and all this amazing revelation of who he is and his names and his character and his attributes. And you don't try and apply that to your worship songs. You By the songs you choose, the songs That you write, the songs that you deliver to your congregation. And it's not a pick and choose buffet. No. You say buffet or buffet. How do you say that? Buffet is good. Buffet, okay, good. Yeah, you're doing good. Apart from if you're saying Warren Buffet and then (laughs) that's (laughs) Buffet. But for some strange reason. That's why I thought it might be Buffet, but it's not Buffet. You're you're doing great. So buffet. (laughs) Yes. Like it's not a pick and choose. I'll have a bit of this, I'll have a bit of that. He, he, it's a set menu. That's right. It's not a designer religion. No, oh. it's a set menu. God that's said, right. he, here's who I am and here's who I, ha, how I'd like to be approached. That's right. Here's what pleases me in worship. Here's what I desire. Here's what I require yes. of, of worshipers. Yes. And so as we get into this subject today of, of comfort versus confrontation, that's very much in mind because we get these, these moments of encounter in Scripture where you see the worshiper encountered Jesus in in such a powerful way. Isaiah, Isaiah, sorry, no, no, i I translate it's so for you. Much no, I translate no, it for okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah, 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 yeah. Isaiah, chapter six. You get yeah. this amazing moment, don't you, of the worshiper encountering his God, and and wow. it's really important that we break these moments down, that we study what what actually happens. Right. What what are some of the defining characteristics of when somebody meets with the living God, when somebody wow. encounters? The living God and His presence and His glory—what happens? Hmm. And that's a really interesting one because in this moment, the worshipper he does say some me phrases.
2: Yeah,
0: he says, "Woe to me," <laughs> and he says, "Send me." Hmm. And now, quite often, I what I was noticing is in, in in our worship moments, that's not really the kind of language we're using. Oh. We we are using some other me phrases, but they tend to be more like. Fill me, comfort me. And I get that and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think there's something wrong if that's all we ever say. That's right. If we find ourselves in the presence of God and all we ever say is comfort me, heal me. Right. Something not quite right there. That's right. What about that confrontation? What about that conflict, that sense of crisis that happens? Whoa, I'm in the presence of a holy God here. Something in me has got to change. Wow. Richard Foster said, to stand before the Holy One of eternity is to change. Wow. I don't think that really we can claim to have had a sense of the presence of God and then every time walk away like nothing That's needs right. to change. There's, there's going to be that sense of, of being confronted wherever the holiness of God confronts unholiness, this conflict. Wow. And, he, wow. and he's gonna the Holy Spirit's going to be holy to us and he's going to right. illuminate things in our lives that need dealing with. Hmm. And so when we talk about comfort versus confrontation, what I would be noticing is many of our songs in these days, they can tend to focus on being affirming or being uplifting or or encouraging in some way to us. And maybe our services are designed to put Hmm. us at ease and to help us feel good about ourselves. And that can be part of the picture. It's a beautiful picture and that can be part of it. But But when it comes to encountering Jesus, there has to be more to it. There has to be this other aspect too. There has to be a sense of being refined in the fire, in the presence of a holy God. At times, worship's not going to be a comfortable experience for us. At times, it's going to be an uncomfortable one. Hmm. I love someone once talking about the Beatitudes. They said in these passages, you see God is comforting the afflicted and he's afflicting the comfortable. (laughs) And that's a really great thought, right? (laughs) On those areas where I've become comfortable and I'm just doing my thing my way and God's saying, no, no, no. Something's got to change here. Worship without change is just a game. Wow, It's just a game. Worship without change. Something has to change. And again, Tozer, God leaves no stone unturned in his pursuit of our holiness. (laughs) So, that's our conversation today. What does worship look like in a wholesome sense? Can it include both comfort and confrontation? Yeah, and I, I think of course. And we, we, you know, we could
1: quote just as many scriptures of just like he's near the broken heart. He is comforter. Even just the the role, one of the predominant roles of the Holy Spirit, like in our lives, He's comforter. He, He is that. That is just as much part of the nature of God as the holiness. Is I think I think where we get this. This wrong, particularly just practically, honestly, as worship leaders, is where do you begin? Like, what, what's your starting point? And, and I and I think where you begin in this journey of worship really determines what level of health the the whole journey of worship is going to is going to take. And I think we're just being as practical as just even talking about a set list. I'm amazed at how many times I have to I have to help worship leaders understand where to begin and where, where not to begin and just how practical some of this thing because 'cause cause the thing is what I what I just say over and over and over again is our, I think our job as worship leaders, if you were to talk about Psalm 100, it says, "Enter through the gates with thanksgiving into His courts with praise," which is declaration, which is which is a God focus. Yeah. It's, it's it's not enter His courts with your personal response. It's like enter His courts with praise, something that is specifically focused on the Lord. And I and I think when when we go on the journey of worship and 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 we and we move through that progression, the the right progression, it's like. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yeah. Like we, we don't start with our Father in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. That, that's yeah. not where the journey begins. We begin with hallowed be your name. Holy is your name, and then from the rest of that point, that the prayer kind of unfolds, and it does get to our daily needs. You know, it does talk about you know, you know what we need before the Lord, and um, but that's not where it begins. And I, if there's one thing that I just want to encourage worship leaders, is if you do this. If you start with that journey, if you if you set the table. And I remember maybe as I don't know if you coined this or if you just quoted somebody else as you're so fond of doing. But I remember <laughs> you back in the day. I would I neither deny or admit. <laughs> of course, that's the best. <laughs> but I think you just say, hey, worship is a response to who God is. And and, and the thing is, is if if we begin worship with our response, then then it, it, it's it's backwards. So if we Declare who God is. If we set the table with who God is, if if we fill the beginning of our worship sets with songs that are full of declaration, that declare this is our God, that He is holy, He is otherly, He is, you know, whatever it is. But if you reveal who He is, like response literally takes care of itself. But if you begin in that place of like, fill me up, or like you're already moving into that place of response. Yeah. It's, it's not even that it's deeply inappropriate, although you could make that argument. It's just that, it's, that it, it won't have the power yeah. that, that it was intended to have. And I've, I've violated this as much as any other worship leader. And I think that's because we, we've already been preparing. We've already been going on this journey. So our hearts are already maybe in a different place. But I, what I've learned to do is honor the journey of worship. Yeah. And how to lead people through first into that place of let's behold God. Yeah. Because when we behold God, it aligns everything else that we do. Yes. Like everything comes into
0: order. And you think, I mean, how do we go about making sure that our worship diet, if you like, is, right. it, it, that's a weird phrase in a way. But, oh, but it's important. But, you know, that is, that is healthy because I find myself leaning, sometimes it's so easy to lean into the soft themes, isn't it? Yeah. The themes. And and it's almost as if a theme like holiness or righteousness mm. or it's hard to sing about it in a way that feels as relevant somehow well, i don't know if that is i think that's because our culture's going in the opposite direction right. so much right? right so we're going so much towards irreverence in that's our right. culture and to downgrading authority yeah. and all that kind of thing and then of course we don't have thrones in the same way you know there's it's so totally. much ma- there's so many things where i think it makes it like you got to be extra paying attention and extra creative to start leading people into some of those rich themes yeah. like like the holiness of god yes in a way that feels 2021.
1: No, no, no. I, Matt, I could go off on, on this because I, I think what we have to encounter over and over and over again is the paradoxical like paradoxical nature of the kingdom. What, it's almost like the kingdom of opposites. And, and it's, it's counterintuitive to us, but over and over and over again. So maybe some of you guys have experienced it like this where you find more victory, you find more of a shift in your life than if you'd complain before God, than if you declare who he is. Like when you declare his nature, like you are good. Like you can be in a place of need, you can be a place of brokenness, but when you set your, your attention and your focus on the Lord, you will watch how, how something begins to shift inside yes. of you. You know, it's, and, and it's, it's that thing that we get to see over and over throughout scripture in so many different ways. It's like Paul and Silas, they're in prison. It's midnight. And of all things, they've just been flogged, beaten, like, in a severe way. And they're singing uh, like a simple hymn. And they're not even doing it for breakthrough, but breakthrough is is the thing that yes. results. And I've even discovered this. Like, this is so different. It's like when I'm hungry for the glory of God, I can oftentimes just go like, God, send your glory, send your glory, send your glory. And I could just caught up in this, like, send, please, Lord, send your glory. And what I've found, though, is sometimes it's so much more, like— more powerful to simply give glory yeah when i give god glory his glory comes yeah and instead of me like you know petitioning you know sometimes it's so much more powerful when i simply behold him and i begin to give him honor and glory and praise and again it it aligns it opens up it's counter it it it, it, it's not like intuitively i think you know we we and again, I, I think this is where we grow and we, we mature. It's like, that's where we first find language w- with the Lord. And we're just honest. And I never do I want a new believer. If you're a new believer here, honestly, and you're just trying to figure out this journey with the God, I never want to script your conversation with with him because this is journey that that we we grow into. But there is there's, there are levels and where we grow into maturity yeah. with Jesus. And sometimes we can start just bringing our mess and bringing our whole selves. And I do think that that's, that is transformational in and of itself. But there's this other thing where we get our eyes off of ourselves. The breakthrough that we think will happen when we focus on ourselves yeah. doesn't happen. It only happens when we focus on the Lord. Yes, And sometimes it's like we want, we want to connect with people, but what people really need in order for real transformational breakthrough is to connect with God. Yeah. And when they connect with His nature... And they're led into that, even though that might be counterintuitive and not seem like the thing that's going to connect with them. When they taste it, when they begin to sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, something of health begins to enter into their life.
0: And hopefully we've learned that as worship leaders. And then we have to help other people understand that dynamic, right? right? That's right. Because it is, like you say, there's so... It can become quite a self-absorbed activity if you're not careful, <laughs> can't it? Because, because everything does. That's right. Like in the world we live in, that's what we're prone to do. We're I prone know. to start making it all about ourselves. I mean, funny little things like sometimes I love to count through a song, you know, especially if I've been part of writing it. But how many times does it say me, myself, I, we, our, and how many times I actually mention God? I'm like, oh, this song's actually about me. I, thought, <laughs> I was trying to write one about God. You know, and it, and it, so it's an funny. interesting little thing, it is. isn't it? How much that shifts the dynamic. Oh. You know, we don't, un- I don't think we have fully plugged into that yet, that That's when right. we make it so absorbed with God and his nature and his character, it's like the perfect medicine for us. It is true. Sometimes we, what we do when we put ourselves all over it, we just dilute wow. down the medicine that we need. Wow. And, and it's really important. And And so last time on this podcast, in the first episode, we talked about, one part of the role of a worship leader is a priestly one. Mm-hmm. And I love that conversation. Mm-hmm. Today, I wonder if it's like the emphasis is we're a shepherd. Yeah. And so Come we're on, trying man. to lead people into places that are good for them, that are places that are going to be healthy for their walk with God. And sometimes the shepherd, as we know, there's, there's, there's the green pastures and there's a line down there and there's still mm-hmm. waters. And sometimes there's a rod and a staff yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Speak into that a little bit, that role of being a shepherd. What yeah. does that mean? Do you when you get up to lead on a on a on a Sunday morning, are you thinking in that way? I, I think that's it's almost like a way of
1: living and thinking. And I remember honestly, the best thing that really happened to me as a worship leader is that my first assignment in the church wasn't being a worship leader, it was being a pastor. And and there's something that again, I, I think we do a disservice to ourselves when we when we keep when we, when we just derive our assignments in a, from a musical sense, like we're responsible for these four songs and da-da-da-da, and we never kind of give ourselves to understanding what it actually means to be a pastor and a leader in, in the house of God, because that was the most transformational thing for me. I, I can tell you this, because before I only cared about music. I was 18. Yeah. I was passionate. It was the part that moved me in church. Nothing really else did. And so it was a real stretch for me to learn what it meant to actually pastor. And I didn't really understand the transformational work that was happening as I gave myself to that assignment. But on the other side of it, I go, oh, Lord, you taught me how to have a heart for your church. Like I got a glimpse of where you want to take your people holistically, yeah. not just musically, but holistically. And I got a glimpse of where your kingdom is going, what it looks like for your kingdom to invade the earth. And, and I think that to this day has been the most transformational piece of, of my worship leading. And the thing that, that has kind of made it distinct in a lot of ways, and I, again, I didn't sign up for that. Yeah. That was the journey that the Lord put me on. But I've studied over and over the role of a shepherd. For one, guys, Jesus identifies himself as, as the good shepherd. And I think if Jesus identifies himself, that's a part of the way that he reveals his nature yeah. and how he leads people, then we need to we need to give that a huge we need to give that a lot of attention because that's clearly of great importance to him. Particularly we know that with the the exchange between Peter and he's like, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And again, we know there was a restoration work from the amount of times that he denied Jesus and Jesus was taking him back, you know, through every one of those times like but the most the thing that stuck out with me is like do you love me then feed my sheep and there's something about this connection of like love for jesus serving jesus because ultimately guys at the end of the day if we're in this for us (laughs) <laughs> like, this this is what has to get dethroned in our lives. This is what has to be surrendered at the foot of the cross when we step up into a place of spiritual leadership in the house of God. As we yeah. surrender personal ambition, we do not want to build our careers and our platforms on the back of his sheep. I Trust me, yes. you do not want to be in that position like and and so we surrender that when we sign up to lead the church of God we 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 come that should be some some fear and trembling as we come these are his sheep first and foremost and we're shepherds and pay attention to what how the bible speaks about shepherds and i i, I wish i had the name and address for this because it's a really important section in the book of ezekiel where where he's like blessed are the shepherds who actually are at, responsible shepherds who are feeding the sheep what they actually need yeah, and I and I think we understand this. We understand a bit of shepherding as parents. Matt and I both have five kids. It's full life, but we 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 understand this, particularly watching our wives because they carry a little bit of that more nurturing side. We're left to just take care of our kids for a while. We're like, you eat the Fruit Loops, yeah, whatever you want. You like like we where our hands our hands are off the wheel. But uh, you know when we talk about. A diet. It's almost like we need to take on a little bit more of that vigilant mom side who isn't just watching popular food culture yeah. and going like, whatever is the the, the most marked, it's like, ooh, that, that's really well marketed. And I'll try that. That looks like it's going to grow a healthy kid. <laughs> we, we're wise. We're vigilant. Like we understand, like, and we do our research and Again, I don't know if that analogy works, but I've watched my wife.
0: No, I love that. You, I mean, I mean, go you're, for it. You're, no, I'm not going to take you over. <laughs> you keep in the flow. But when you said, I'm not sure if that works, I'm like, that works for me. <laughs> yeah. that, that thing of like, you're yeah, the thing that's most marketed. Like yes. I'm seeing those food commercials and you're thinking like, I know that's not good for me, but that's probably what I'm going to end up feeding them.
1: But, but, but you see these sparkling, happy children, yeah. you know, drinking probably something that's going to take them out, you know. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I think just just a parallel parallel that I'm after is we can do something very similar in church and we can just feed our people popular culture. Yes. What, what seems to be relevant, what seems to be successful you know, and we really have to weigh that, guys. We have to come back to our role as shepherds is not just to do the popular thing. It's to do the thing that's going to produce health yeah. in the life of our congregation. And yes. that may seem contrary, like that may seem confrontational. That that may seem like it may feel like a disconnect in the room, but what it's actually going to produce is health. No kid likes broccoli. Like I've never, well, there's maybe a few exceptions, (laughs) but really we don't naturally have an appetite for what's, what is going to produce health in us. And our job as parents and pastors, essentially, it is to go, Hey, I realize this may be hard for you to ingest. Yes, it's not as easy as, as as dessert and all that stuff. But this is important for for your spiritual growth, for the strength of your bones, yes. that you might mature. Because the goal is to look like Jesus. Yeah, like that. That that's the end goal. The goal is not to just be a happy, comforted human being. Yeah, the goal is to look like Jesus and walk in that authority and then that stature, and and yeah. And, and when it.
0: I think about that, I think about. Trying to be in that role of a shepherd and think through what you've just said, I feel like sometimes the part. Well, there's a guy uh, in the 17th century who's called Richard Sibes, and he said he said he's encouraging worshippers to take whole Christ and not to divide Lord from Jesus, wow. and therefore make a Christ of their own. Wow! And sometimes I think, yeah, that's that's a lot of what I'm I I I'm very familiar with singing songs that are going to be comforting to people and sing songs that are going to be encouraging to them and and life affirming to them right. today. But I, I have a responsibility as that Shepherd. I've got right. to put more than that on the table. Right. That is not enough. Right. I've got to bring these themes of lordship and holiness and righteousness and wow. I've got to bring those into the mix too. And they're so much harder to bring. It's, <laughs> it's alien in our culture to bring them. But we've got to fight for these things. We've got to 100%. we've got to contend for them. Because it's they're just it's too important. We can't divide Lord from Christ that's and make right. a Christ of our own. We have to take Scripture and 100%. be like, "Okay, I've got to try and reflect this as, as as well as I can." And I think, I think it's such an important thing for these. I love what you said that just that thing again of like, actually, that's going to be good for them. It's yes. not we're we're doing it because it's honoring to God and because He's told us this is how I want to be conveyed. Yes, and this is how we want to be responded to. <laughs> but at the same time that's going to be the very best thing for us it's going to be so nutritious for us it's going to build disciples yes not who are not fair weather yeah come disciples on. who who a living beneath an awareness of the holiness of God. So it doesn't, sometimes we we think about, well, oh, I'm going to worship God because that's, I'm in a real hard storm of life and I'm going to worship Jesus and trust him and say, blessed be your name because that's a healthy, that choice is going to lead somewhere good for me. I'm saying, no, there's an even step before that. You, you're going to say that anyway, because he's holy. Yes. So even the times where I can't even bring myself to think about that, I'm just going to think, but he's just as holy as he ever was today. Yes. And I've got to sing his praise. Yes. I've got to find Come my on. way to the place of praise today because because I know of the burning holiness and worth of who he is. Yeah. And I love to help, you know, lead people into that. Like I think it's a tough thing. Look, here's the thing, we all know about the holiness of God. Hmm. You know, we read our Bibles, we conf- we we find that on every page. We do it's not just Old Testament, is it's New Testament too. Um I was. We were talking about a quote earlier. And William Barclay says the New the New Testament never sentimentalizes <laughs> the idea of God. Wow, that's a tough quote. <laughs> sentimentalizes <laughs> the New Testament never sentimentalizes wow. the idea of God, <laughs> and he's just as holy as he ever was. That's right. But it feels like the the need of the hour for us is to keep putting that on the table. Keep finding ways to get that back on the table. I'm not just going to bring you a comforting song today. I I want to lead you into the holiness of God. I want to, I want to convey to you. I want to put on display to you today that there's this God who's high and holy above all others. He's completely unfathomable in all of his majesty and might. And, and if you see, can see him today and if you can journey towards him today, you're going to, your life's going to be changed. That's right. And, you know, we all know uh, about His holiness in our lives. Like, as, you know, I'm thinking about that just now. Thinking about God's discipline. We mentioned well, it on the last, last podcast. Well, it's not a word we hear very much in church uh, these days. No, it's not a word well, we hardly ever sing about. But actually, <laughs> that's an important <laughs> word, right? God disciplines those He loves.
1: It's yeah. not. And, Guys, your challenge today is to write a song yeah. about the <laughs> discipline of God. Okay, absolutely. So, you know, but it's true, though. It's like, I, I think, again, understanding our role, understanding that we are the gatekeepers, understanding our responsibility, understanding our authority. It's kind of like when you're a young parent, you know, you learn this authority is something you grow into. And thank God that, yeah. that we don't give birth to teenagers, right? <laughs> that we have some time to grow into our our, our authority and just, un, you know, understand because it takes time to like go like, oh, I'm responsible for another human being. And and I actually have to take into account and I, I think we would all know we've all seen the detrimental effects of when a parent becomes the servant of their child, in, instead of like the leader in in a, in, a, in a biblical sense, like someone who walks in their servanthood, like their authority of like actually I have your best interest at heart. My job as a parent is not to give you everything you everything you want. My job is to form you and shape you and lead you into a way that's going to set you up. To be the full human being that God designed you to be, to walk in the fullness of your potential. And I think what we don't realize is is that when we lean into comfort, maybe versus holiness, when we when we lean into this thing where we allow ourselves to be led by the appetites of our people, ultimately what we're cutting out is is what we're cutting the legs off of is a true, vibrant culture of worship. And if we will lean into some of these, these these things that may not be as readily palatable to our congregation but if we will if we will persist and lead with the authority that we have as shepherds of uh, of the flock we will see real health and all of a sudden it's like you know none of us when we're 5 years old be like, thank you, mom, for <laughs> sneaking in broccoli into my pancakes. I, I, uh, you know, not, n- none of us like, or, or we, we really don't learn to appreciate the role a lot of times when, until we step out of our home and we begin to walk in this, we go, oh my gosh, thank you, mom and dad, for what you established. Yeah. And, and I just think like what I'm saying is it, it, it forces us to have Uh, We have to have a vision and we have to have like an an assignment. We have to know our mission because if you don't know your mission as a parent, if you just want to be liked by your child, you're not going to lead them well. You're, You're not going to give them what they really need. And I think some of this thing is, we have to deal as creatives particularly because we're fragile human beings <laughs> like we're, we're we 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 want to we want that response back you yeah. know yeah and and it's easy for us to just go like oh if i just lead this song it yeah. gets this response <laughs> yeah you and, and i feel good they feel good and this this what we're talking about forces us to come up into a higher level of, of going like that ultimately will will we'll, command respect may not happen immediately but people will will begin to see what a lot of times you if you judge your work initially you have to wait till that fruit is born and man when you watch like oh look at this parent and this work that they've been doing with their child for 10 yeah. years then you begin to see the fruit but we have to learn to come higher
0: quite often we'll start out this song in the first song and you're trying to set the table and you be <laughs> like hey hey guys you know God loves you today. God's for you. He's with you. I mean, part of me wants to start, you know, to say maybe, like, "Hey, He's the God of all comfort." But you know what? God might confront you today. Yeah. <laughs> you might. We Ooh. might be singing these songs today, and God's gonna. There's gonna be a conflict in you, That's in right. you, because you you realize something needs to change. In you. And it, That's true. I don't know how welcoming that'll be, but I kind of like the idea of it of giving people the whole picture, and we all know what it is when God confronts us. I'm thinking of a story right now. Way back when I was first leading worship, a few years in, I was leading worship so much because I was in a church and the church had a church plant. We would run these conferences for for different ministers and then we'd do a bit of travels too. And I was leading worship a ton and, and pretty much like, rather than mentoring or encouraging other people into it, I was just covering the whole thing myself. Yeah. And so what happened was I actually got this injury in my I got tendonitis, like this tenosynovitis, like raw intense tendinitis. And my arms started to seize up. My fingers started to seize up. By the time I actually saw the right specialist, he told me, if you'd have come like a couple of days later, you would have lost use of your hand. Wow. So it got pretty intense. And I had people saying to me, oh, that's the enemy, you know, you're under attack. Right. And I was like, something wasn't quite sitting right. And then Mm. I realized one day, I think this is God's discipline. Wow. I think... I think he's giving me a pit stop here. I think he's wow. saying, Hey, you're quite into your own self importance right now, aren't you? You've wow. got to be leading at this and this thing and this has wow. to be you and this has to be you. And I just want you to take some time <laughs> out and to just and, and he and he actually was showing me some really beautiful things. He mm. I felt like God said to me, Look, as a servant you're dispensable. I can wow. put my hand on anyone to do this That's stuff. Right. But as a child you're indispensable. Wow. You know, and and there were so many things. There was Honor Now in quote where he said I've been working so hard on my father's farm that I'd lost the joy of being at home. Wow. And obviously alluding to the the, the, the uh, older son in the prodigal son story. I've been working so hard hmm. on my father's farm that I'd lost the joy of being at home. I know that's probably resonating with some people listening hmm. to this now. And it's resonating with me But because I'm remembering that moment of what felt like just very harsh but Yet kind, very severe, yet hugely loving f- discipline from my father in heaven, wow. and it, and I'm so wow, grateful man. for that time. But it was like I was confronted. Yes, it was like he loved me too much to let me go on like that. But it wasn't. It wasn't a a calm, gentle thing. It was a. It was abrupt. It was there was a severity to yes. it. There was a, and I needed that. And I right. think like I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking like <laughs> just. Um, what does it mean you know to to lead people into that place in worship i remember hmm. songs like change my heart oh god going way back but the one that's really stirring with me again recently is refine his fire yeah because i'm thinking i don't know where that song is right where, where are the songs like that now right like that god telling us god's refine fire and saying purify my heart yes let me be as gold and precious silver purify my heart let me be as gold, pure gold, refined really wow. as fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy, wow. set apart for You, God. Come on! I mean, that—that's a genius song to me, Brian Dirksen, If you're listening, <laughs> God was on you. Really? I, I love he, the way he describes the word holy because he—he yes. uses a word which is—it's yes, an alien a word to a lot of the world, yeah, but then exactly. in the next line he tells you what it means. He unpacks that's, it. That it's for so all the huge. songwriters out there, that's another level. It is but but you know what i mean where where are those songs i want to challenge myself to bring people in into that
1: which space. you know i think the the most important thing um that i think we i feel such an urgency on right now particularly for the worship community is it's it's like where where we have spent so much time talking about the fact that we are not to be self-led that God has prescribed how we approach like he hasn't left us in the dark he hasn't he hasn't left us clueless this isn't something that we necessarily get to make up but where we find all that instruction we find it in his word he speaks to us in his word and i will tell you this guys and this is not me trying to sound religious or 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 we're just trying to score points with with certain camps in the bible that it's not camps in the bible camps in the the church that it really has nothing to do with it but i will say reading the bible was probably the most important like life changing thing that i have ever done and that's where I discovered his heart. That's what ground me. And I I think honestly the biggest gift of that pastoral assignment is you know, because guys, you have to understand when I came no one should have hired me to be a junior high pastor. <laughs> like nobody. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wasn't necessarily going to be super self-disclosing, but nobody should have hired me. And although I although you'll tell you tennis skills are pretty good. Yeah, that was but yeah, we 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 joke. But it was like I was so not even it was new for me to really walk closely with the Lord. But the very first thing I remember is like when I got hired at churches, I'm like, oh my gosh, I better, I'm supposed to teach the Bible. So I I remember that first year I devoured scripture. And that like changed my life. It changed my paradigm. It changed my thinking. Like and and it it's like there's something about the word of God. Guys, if you're looking for for what should be steering me, what 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 is gonna help me walk this out pastorally? Disciplined reading of, of of the Word of God, spending many you know so much time in the Psalms, is is going to be such a key thing. because there is so much instruction waiting for us there? And I just want to challenge that because we are going, we're living, we already know that we're living in an increasingly biblically illiterate society. And I think guys, guys, the verse of the day doesn't cut it. Like, yeah. like we you need more, you need more than more than three or four verses. You need to learn how to read Scripture in in a disciplined way. I, I just want to. I just want to say back back along this coming back to some of this stuff, it it doesn't take a rocket science to know that that when you build something around a consumer, you're going to have a measure of success. and i i think I think that's what we have to to watch out for. But it's been so interesting for me as a parent, particularly as a parent of teenagers. and And, you know, in every generation, God's doing something different. And I'm watching my kids raised in this moment of kind of celebrity worship leaders and celebrity-driven church and, and all this yeah. stuff and Gen Z and it's a unique generation that what they're combating, what they're having to come up against and how they're finding their way with God. There's been so much that's come at this generation. But I really, the Lord, particularly just because I'm a parent, has burdened my heart for this generation and what is going to awaken worship. And I, I think I think sometimes when we get overly fixated on on just the generation in front of us that we forget the generation that's coming up. Yeah. And I just I just wanna I just wanna speak into some of that guys because I I feel like Gen Z has a hunger for truth. Yeah. I think they have a hunger. They they have seen more marketing guys, they've fed on more marketing than any other generation. Like they know consumer-driven culture <laughs> like 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 it's it's they were raised in it. They and and it's all manipulation to them. And there is something about a leader that gets up for Gen Z and goes, this is what God requires. Yeah. Like this is his truth. Yeah. This is the way to him. And when they bring clarity, that's not humanistic. That's not trying to appeal or manipulate or anything. It's just going, this is who he is. This is what he requires. I think there is such a hunger for them, for such authenticity. And I think we downplay the role and the power of, of truth and and we just we just we we don't trust it honestly like we trust our version of trying to make it palatable and sometimes i think we do the truth a huge disservice when we when we try and overly cushion it and sometimes it's if you just read scripture, it confronts. Yes. Yeah, like good. it confronts you head on. It doesn't beat around the bush. It's not when Jesus speaks to the church in the book of Revelation, he doesn't mince his words. Yeah. He's like, here's what I love, here's what I don't. Yes. <laughs> like here's here's like here's what needs to change. And man, when, when if you've ever been parented well you know how to receive this. It's it, it's like they don't have any other agenda but your benefit and yet you know they love you and they're speaking in that love and man, that voice can cut. And yeah. I will tell you this, like even speaking to some of the stuff the way you, your season of discipline, like every moment where I've really grown in God, I can trace it back to one of those moments that was confrontational, that that cut me to to, to my core and it was like, oh, okay. And I, and I knew what I had to work on and I just want to, Encouraged. I think we have moved away from this so much because there's been so much abuse in the church. And we used to just beat people over the head with our Bibles. And, we, and, and it's so much of like we've almost pendulum swung away from what we perceive to be very religious culture. Yeah. But somewhere we have swung way past just the simple power of truth spoken in love. So, yes, question your motives. Keep those in check and all that kind of a thing. But we have to be a people who lead in truth and i and i think we will find a resonance with a generation when we lead in in some of these things and we don't try and and even uh, almost like help the gospel out yeah <laughs> you know help the truth out cuz sometimes i think we, we try and help It's like oh jesus that was really harsh <laughs> you know <laughs> you know let, let let's help you yeah. let, let's help you deliver this in in a way that's more relevant to culture and sometimes when we do that we actually do a disservice and we actually create a weakness in them, and there's there's an intentionality with the way that Jesus speaks to His church. Absolutely, man, I just jumped into, I opened a lot of cans of worms there. I love <laughs> you, that you clean it up, Matt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the letters in Revelation, yeah. Jesus, the words of Jesus to the the various churches, and there's actually a great new book out called Hallelujah Banquet. Wow, by the late Eugene Peterson, and he and he talks into that, and I've I've read that recently, and I, and I felt. Confronted, and I felt convicted, and I felt like, yeah, when Jesus speaks to me, He doesn't just speak words of comfort and hey, it's gonna be all right. He actually says, hey, Matt, I love you, and there's an awesome (laughs) prize in store, but you've really got to work on this thing. And Eugene Peterson, in towards the beginning of that book, he says we have the popularization of a kind of religion that instead of training people to the sacrificial life after the pattern of the Lord. Seduces them into having fun on the weekends. Wow! And I'm like, Lord, keep us from that. And Lord, if I've done that at all, I know I have done that. I know I have approached some things like I'm just trying to make this a really good flow of songs. It's really and Lord, I I I want I don't want to do that. I want to go far beyond that. I want I want it to be leading people into that sense of bringing themselves an offering sense of. The sacrificial life, if you like, after the pattern of the Lord as that's Peterson right. says, and of, and of ultimately to a life of holiness. That's right. Think like that's become a bit of a missing word, and it's so it's such an important one. I I I, I'm thinking of uh, again John Wimber you mentioned. He I remember him saying God is easy to please, but He's hard to satisfy. Wow. And I and that lives with me to this day. Yeah, wow. you can do the The smallest little thing of please the father heart of God, wow. you know, a little act of kindness or something. But God has an insatiable desire wow. for holiness in our lives because oh. He is holy, and he He's not going to let us no. get away with anything. No, you know, just messing about and just He He's gonna when we worship Him, when we draw near to Him, when we count to Him, there there's gonna be beautiful comfort, and there's gonna be full on confrontation as well. It is. So it's been a great chat today come on really i love where this has gone i've i feel like it's stirring up the theme it's just stirring up a conversation That's true. i know you and i we don't claim to be any kind of expert on no. this i promise you if you're listening we're trying to bring this with a heart of humility as people who are just learning and growing in That's this right. but just seeing like that, that maybe god's speaking into these areas in the church right yes. now and we really want to highlight them we don't want to just let this go by we want to blow open this conversation That's right. And so uh, our friend Quinton's going to begin to play now. Sure. And what I'd love for you to do, as we're going to do on all these podcasts, if we don't want this just to go into your brain and all oh, this little thought mm-hmm. for the day, we want this to be something that maybe you can dwell on and say, well, God, how does this apply to me today? Yeah. Lord, Lord, would you apply this? You know, we're thinking about the psalmist who says, search me, God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Mm-hmm and lead me in the way everlasting. That's in Psalm 139. See see if there's any offensive way in me. I want to ask that question again today. As As we just take a moment to breathe and a moment to pause at the end of this conversation, maybe that's a great prayer to start with today, to ask the Holy Spirit, is there any offensive way in me? Is there some heart attitude I'm carrying that is not of you and needs speaking into? Is there any pride or ego that's leaked in
2: <laughs>
0: one thing God convicted me of a while back is you are, the stage is a natural barrier and if you're not careful you can use it as a way of letting people speak into your life we kind of put ourselves in this different position where we're unapproachable, oh, we're unreachable right. in that way and that's not wow. good but but you know what well, the worst thing is You can even use the stage as a barrier of letting God work in your life. If you're not careful, you can get up there and do your professional thing. You know, here you come, you've prepared your songs, you walk out there, you lead. People only ever see the best of you. They don't see the rest of you. And actually, you can use it as a defense mechanism, or protection, and not let God even speak into your life. And God convicted me of that, and I'm I'm working on that because that's a terrible state of affairs. (laughs) And so, Lord, we pray today, would you go way beyond any barrier, whether it be a stage or any barrier that we've put in place, and would you speak to us? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, would you confront us today? Would you help us to see more of you and in the light of you? Yes. Just to, would you expose some of the areas that we need to change in? Yeah. This will be our worship to you today. Just to say, change me. Say, form yes. me more and more into your likeness. Let me reflect you well. Yes. Yeah, just as we, um, we've we been
1: talking about holiness and what it means to be holy, set apart, um, coming back to that question of what, it, what does it mean to worship the Lord truly? What does it mean? How, how do we know if we've given God? The thing that he wants and part of the gift that we get to bring God, part of it, it's not just it's not just part of it. It's it's really the, the whole of it is we get to bring him ourselves, that which is set apart for him. And I I just kind of want to lead just in a, a little moment of consecration. Um, Romans 121 says, says I beseech you <laughs> in view of the mercies of God to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. This is your spiritual act or service of worship. And when I've meditated on that verse, I realized that the, the thing that God is looking, the spiritual service of worship that I get to give to Him is nothing less than my whole-bodied, Consecration, which is that is something that is holy. It has been something that's set apart. It doesn't have any cross currents in it. It doesn't have any of those other things in it. It's, it's, it's the, my body is the whole container of who I am as a human being my heart, soul, mind, will, emotions, all of it. And that is the thing that I get to give to the Lord to set apart to Him. And And that's where I get to deal with this man-pleasing piece of me or whatever it may be that that has been the thing that derailed me. Oh, no, Lord, I am holy and set apart for you. This is my act of worship. So if just wherever you are in this moment, I just, whatever it looks like for you to go, Lord, here I am again. Mm. Here is all of me. Here is all of me on the altar. Nothing held back from you. I know this is what you're after. You you don't want part of me. You you don't want just the Sunday version of me. You want my whole life. Nothing less than that will do. You are an all-consuming fire. You, 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 You want the whole living sacrifice on the altar. And so God, to the best of our ability today, with fullness of heart, We present all that we are to you as an act of worship. And we give you um, the platforms that you've placed us on, God. We give you the people that you've given us to lead. We give you the dreams, even the dreams of our heart, God. We put all of them on the altar today and say, Come, we are the living sacrifice before you. Come and consume, as that song says, all we are. We give you permission, our hearts, are yours, because we want you. We want you, Jesus.
0: Yeah. I love your word that says, consider the kindness and the sternness of God. And we've done that today. Lord, I hope we've done that well today. We, We consider your kindness today, your goodness that flows into our lives, your gentleness, your rich mercy. Thank you, Jesus. But also we we take note of and consider your sternness there. You are holy. You will always be holy. You have always been holy. You've never been less holy.
1: Make us holy as you are holy, Lord. Mm -hmm. We want to be holy as you are holy. That is the cry of our hearts, God. Move us, move us. I pray move everyone who's listening in this moment. Let your grace flow. It says your grace is the thing that teaches us to say no to ungodliness and moves us towards holiness. So release your grace over our lives today, God. Let our hearts burn with that desire to be holy just as you are holy.
0: Well, thank you everyone so much for listening in today. I want to end with a quote from another Henri and one. He says, the central question is, are the leaders of the future truly men and women of God, people with an ardent desire to dwell in God's presence, to listen to God's voice, to look at God's beauty, to touch God's incarnate word, and to taste fully God's infinite goodness. And there's so much on the table, you know and we want to lead our people into the fullness as much as we can the fullness of who God is yeah. and we're going to see some powerful discipleship happening when we do that come on and we're going to honor the very heart of God mm-hmm. so thank you so much for joining with us on this on this journey we've got some more episodes coming and we're going to be looking at such things as holiness versus helpfulness and imminence versus transcendence and we're going to like we said before, we're going to have some fun along the way and some laughs, but also we're going to try and deep dive. Yeah. And really get into the deep things of God. Jeremy, you're a good man. You're I love getting man. to do a bit of life with you. <laughs> this is fun. Come on. This is uh I'm 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 really enjoying these conversations that we've had. We've had essence of them before. We don't yeah. usually go on more than you know 15 minutes or so so this is beautiful (laughs) come on so true so good god bless everyone and we hope to see you next time hey before we go i wanted to just let you know how you could be part of this ongoing conversation too jeremy and i have decided to record some question and answer special episodes where we'll take some questions and comments from worship leaders and worshipers around the world and then let you guide the conversation so if you'd like to try and contribute then here's how We've got a special phone number with a voicemail set up. So call one 774 5679 which is one 77 glory That's one 774 5679 or 1-888-77-GLORY. Leave Jeremy and myself a message and we'll see where it goes. We so look forward to hearing from you. But for now... Thanks so much for listening in. And if this podcast series has been of benefit to you in any way, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please do recommend it to other worship leaders, pastors, and worship teens, and any just full-on worshipers who you think might like to take a listen. Finally, a big thanks to all who have helped us pull this together today. Thanks to Gold Pacific Studios in Orange County, California, where we recorded these, and to Quinton, our keyboard player, who's been in the room each time, And a big thanks to Sam Bailey for the theme music. A massive thanks to Jason Jones, Andrew Senga, and all of the Integrity Music family who've done so much to make these podcasts happen. God bless you today, wherever you are. We'll see you next time on the Redman and Riddle podcast.